Praise God, saints. Once again, we'd like to welcome you to the invisible world. Yes, this is the invisible world where we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Well, today we want to talk about some really interesting and important things that we know that you're looking forward to hearing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My name is Sandra DeJay, and I'm going to be your host today on The Invisible World. And the Holy Ghost is going to lead us and guide us into some, into all things, some deeper things. Hallelujah. He's going to bring to our remembrance things that he's already told us. That do I say that? Because that means that it's going to witness to your spirit. You're going to know that it's truth and not error. You're going to know, you're going to be able to search these things out for yourselves in the scripture and see that the things that are spoken of are true and altogether lovely. And altogether, again, they are going to witness to your spirit, even as they've been placed in our spirits today, not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit, not by me, but by him. He's our teacher. He's leading us and guiding us into all truth. So we should just praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord, for your way. We thank you, Lord, for everything that's happening around us. But more importantly, Lord, the things that are happening in us and through us, that's what your focus is on. How are we being your testimony of your word today in this earth? How are our lives fulfilling your word? God, let us order our steps in your word so that we can speak your word in season and out of season and at all times. Hallelujah. For Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We appreciate you. We worship you. God, we know that whatsoever things you do shall be forever. So we are looking on the forever. We're not looking at what's going on around us, but we know that these things must be. And God, even through your word, you are walking us through it. You said, fear not, for I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always, always, even unto the end. So we thank you, Lord, that we are going to see where our faith ends here. And we are looking forward to your soon second coming. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Now, the second coming, as we just were talking about, is the event of our Lord translated as the revelation of the prophet Enoch reveals. Glory, hallelujah. I said translated, and I don't mean translated as in a language translation. I mean in a translation where we are actually moved from this earth into another realm of glory, and we will be in paradise realm with the Lord uh, for some things that are going to be going on there, and we're going to talk about those today. So Matthew 24, 12, listen up. We are, of course, in the King James Version, not the New King James but the King James Version. We're going to be speaking on the on the versions of the Bible um, and what has happened with those versions in, the, in one of these next segments so that you'll understand uh, more about that as well. So Matthew 24, 12 today, 12 being the number of eternal perfection, praise God. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Yes, because of iniquity, the love of many is going to wax cold. People are going to be resentful, bitter, angry, hurt, and their love is going to wax cold. Don't let that be you. 
Let your love lights be burning. We're going to show you today how to do that. Even in the face of adversity, hatred, uh, malice, prejudice, whatever you come against, your love is just going to be burning for Christ because the love of God is going to be shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. So uh, Jude one twenty one advises us, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praise God. John 13 and 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Praise God. Hallelujah. Romans 15 and 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Romans 5, 5. <coughs> Pardon me. Romans 5, 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, given unto us, which is given unto us. So let's read that one again, Romans 5, 5, 5, virgins foolish, 5 wise, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. See, we don't have the power or the ability within ourselves to just love anyway, love anyhow. We've got to totally trust the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts as we pray in the Spirit. And we're going to go to that scripture. You know, praying in the Spirit is the refreshing God blesses and refreshes His saints with. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. For with stammering lips and with another tongue will He speak to this people, to whom He said, This is the rest, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. People know this, people that have the Holy Ghost, yet they decline to speak in tongues. They decline to let the Holy Spirit fill them and use them to speak. That's your refreshing from the Lord. That's how the Lord spiritually refreshes your spirit. That's your main connection. If you have a bad connection on your computer or your phone, you're not going to get good reception. So you need that connection. You need the Holy Spirit to connect you and to keep you connected by praying and praising always in the Spirit. Now, the question was asked some believers, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? That's over in Acts uh, uh, 19 and 2. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? If you haven't, it's time to pray and ask the Lord for it. Lord, bless me with the Holy Spirit. After you have been born again, John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And John 14, 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Now the Holy Ghost is the power from on high that gives the believer strength to endure. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit is with you because he's the one that helps you be born again. He washes you and purifies you and gets you ready and puts that born again process, makes you born again. 
he brings you out of that <laughs> out of that spiritual womb and you're born again the holy ghost is the power from on high that gives the believer the strength to endure proverbs 24:10 if thou faint in the day of adversity thy strength is small matthew 10:22 and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that endureth to the end shall be saved See, this is all about endurance. God expects us to endure. Jeremiah 20, 11 says, But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Jesus said, I will see you again. Praise God. John 16, 22, And ye now... Therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said that Jesus endured the cross. How could he endure six hours of such suffering? Despising the shame. Oh, the shame of it all. For the joy that was set before him. But he endured it for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy that was set before him. That was that eternal joy that was set before him. And that's what God wants you to have, is that joy. Because joy will help you get through everything, everything. You may not be smiling on the outside, but you are rejoicing and jumping up and down and walking and leaping and praising God in your spirit, man. Joel 2.27 And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. The Lord says, Be not troubled. Matthew 24, 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. Now being troubled is worried and, and scared and really stressed out about those things. He says, See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Again in Luke 21 and 9, But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. And he says, But the end is not yet earlier. And in Matthew 24, 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Over and over, he's telling us, yeah, there's gonna, those things are going to happen, but the end is not yet. Don't worry. God has this. God is in control. John 14, 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Matthew 24, 31. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of his trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. God wants us to keep pace with him through his word. Keep pace with the word, the gospel of Christ. Now Hosea 4, 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. 
So what are we saying? If you cast God's word behind you, if you don't have time for God's word every day, if you're not teaching it to your children, if you're not accepting the knowledge of God, see, that's the only way you can know God is through his word. And if you reject the word, then you're rejecting God himself. And he said, he said, if you forget me, I'm going to forget your children. And we don't want that. He says, teach your children. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is by far the next amazing spiritual event for the believer. Now, 1 Thessalonians 2.19 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? The disciples are saying, we're going to be so happy. We're going to be cheering you on. The Bible says, you know, we are so surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. They're watching us run this race. They're hoping we're going to endure. And they want to just rejoice when they gather us, when we're gathered in. And they're just going to be so happy that we're there because they had a part in it as we received the words that they preached, even the written word. Praise God. We received God's word. Mark 14, 58. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and within three days, within three days, I will build another made without hands. Now the expectation for the saints is that we hold fast our hope to the end. Matthew 24:40, then shall we then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Matthew 24:41, two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. See, it's, it's a selective thing. God is looking. He's searching hearts through here. He's saying, cleanse yourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. He wants us to do something to prepare for him. We have to work on it. We can't just expect God to do it for us. We've got to do it. Luke 23, 43, And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Praise God. Now, the expectation for the saints is that we hold fast our hope to the end. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God knows from the beginning to the end. He already knows. And he's expecting you to come through. He's expecting. He already knows you can win. Christ did it for you. He just wants you to be in Christ, to be obedient, to follow his steps, to be loyal to him, to take the steps that he's giving you. God's given us everything to succeed. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do this, saints. In order to do that, we must be clear as to understanding that hope. What is this hope that we're that God is? What is our hope? What is our hope? What are we hoping for? We've been taught a lot of things and told a lot of things through false prophecies and false prophets, and some people just don't really know what they're talking about. They've taken a few sentences and run with them. They've run without a message, and we have to make sure that we get this message. And the message is through the Word of God. So, Isaiah 60 verse 8. Who are these? that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? That's us. That's us as God gathers us up and we are flying away to the windows of heaven. Praise God. Hebrews 11 and 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Saints, that was his testimony. 
Now Exodus 15, 11 through 18 tells us something very interesting. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth thy people, the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast verted them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. Who are those inhabitants? Those are the inhabitants of the world. Those are worldly people. They're not the saved. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. So what are we talking about here? What, this already happened, right? No, it's happening again. If you notice, everything God does is in a pattern. He patterns it for the future. That's why we, we talk about a types and shadows ministry. That's why we talk about things in the natural you can relate to in the spiritual because God has already created a pattern. He said the works are already finished since ages, ages past. So all we have to do is walk in them. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. If you stay in your Proverbs daily like you should, reading the Proverbs for the day, if it's, if it's the first, read the first one. If it's the 30th, read the 30th one. If it's the 24th, read the 24th proverb. Do that daily to keep that wisdom in yourself so that you will have the wisdom and knowledge of God and, be know, and know these things. So let's go on talking about what's going to happen. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. Now listen to this carefully. Fall upon who? The world. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. So what's going to happen? The world is going to go into like a, a freeze frame. Everybody's just going to be still as a stone. Oh, how is that possible? Saints, God is a God of wonder. He is life. He controls everything. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Thou shalt bring them in, who? His people, and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. You know, Jesus said, I will build a house with my hands. He said, he's going to do it. So this is a house that the Lord's hand has established. This is what he has built for us in heaven. This is what he's doing right now. He said, I go away. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you can be also. And I'm paraphrasing, forgive me. But yes, he wants us to be with him and he's prepared us a place. And that's the new, hallelujah, the new sanctuary. And it's in heaven. Now, if this was talking to the people that escaped Egypt, that wouldn't be correct. He's saying, thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary. They didn't come dwell in the sanctuary. So you're saying this is for us? Yes, this is the pattern. This is the second coming of Christ. It's that second pattern. Jesus was actually the second Adam. The first man didn't work out too well. So God made a second Adam, and it was Jesus who does the things that please the Father. He's obedient. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Now, John 14 and 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So what time is it, saints? 
John 2.19 tells us, Jesus answered and said unto them, Again, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Well, he's talking about when he got raised from the dead. Yes, he's talking about that. But we have to remember one thing. A day in the, a, a year in the Lord's sight is like a, a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. So God's timing is not like ours. It's so much quicker and vaster and broad. It's just, it's, it's eternity. So God doesn't deal with the, the days and months and years like we do. So we have to realize that and we have to let that light shine in us and bring us understanding. We are in the third day. We're in that third spiritual day where once again, Jesus is going to raise us up and we're going to be raised up to meet him in the air. You know, Isaiah 51, 11 says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. What do you mean return? The redeemed, we never left. Yes, we did. That's what we're doing down here. And now God says we're going to return. We're going to return and what? And come with singing unto Zion. We're going to march up to that sanctuary of Zion, to that holy place, that house that's built without hands. The house that Jesus has prepared for us. And we're going to come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Jeremiah 23.3 And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. See, God's going to fold us in. God is a folding God. He enfolds us in. We're enfolded in Christ. And once we get up to heaven, we'll be enfolded in Christ. We'll put us in our places and put us in our own folds. And he'll feed us and nurture us in heavenly places. Jeremiah 24, 6 says, For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them them down, and I will plant them, and not pluck them up. You know, the Bible says those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are planted. We are a people that God has planted here. Hallelujah. We are planted in the house of the Lord, and we're going to flourish in his courts, and we're going to meet him in the heavenly places, and we're going to do all those things that God has called us to do and called us to be. And we're going we're gonna to see on further into eternity where God has us. What are we going to do then, Lord? What are we going to do? We're going to be translated, even as the prophet Enoch, God reveals through him, that we're going to be uh, translated, and we're just going to be in the heavenly places. So let's move on just a little bit. Now again, praying in the Spirit. We have had that scripture that we looked at. God wants us to know that um, he doesn't want us to faint. He wants us to be full of faith. He wants us to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You got to stay in the word, saints. And it's not everybody's version of the word. It's God's holy word. God says, one thing I'll tell you right now, the word cannot be altered or changed to suit man. How does man have the audacity to change God's word, to try to explain away God's word? God's word is very simple. If you notice, Jesus was a man of a few words. He didn't just talk on like we have a habit of doing, myself included. Yet he said, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. And every word of God is pure. 
So every word that God has spoken, it shall stand. It's a very powerful word. Every if, and, and but. You're not supposed to add not even one jot or one tittle. Those are your punctuation marks in the word. You're not supposed to add or take away from those. And it very clearly tells us that if anyone does take away from them, their name's going to be blotted out of the book of life. They're not going to inherit the kingdom. God said, you shall not change his word. So there, that's where you see the great falling away. There are so many people running after a corrupt gospel, these changed versions of the word. And they're standing on it like it's pure scripture. And they're wondering why they're not empowered in their lives, why they're not seeing the miracles or the power of God take place. Because they, their words are, are, are they're watered down, they're corrupt. Their words are powerless in God's kingdom. It's God's pure word. And once we get the revelation of that word through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit anoints us with that word, and that word will go forth with power. And God said, the word that I speak, the words that I speak, they are life, they're spirit, and they're life. The words that you are reading or telling people out of another version, those are, those are men's words. They have no power. They have no life. They can't do anything or go anywhere. And the enemy is laughing at you. He's literally laughing at people that use another version of the word, of God's word. That was his original plan. And that's something we are going to be talking about later. Because it's important for you to know how that crept in. In this last time, it's a major weapon that the enemy is using against the saints of God and against the body of Christ. So we want to get ready for the things that God has for us. We want to be prepared and we want to not be afraid and we need to look up and know that when these things begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draws nigh. We want to be ready. We don't want to be a virgin virgin that's locked out, that the door is shut while we scramble around trying to get our act together. Oh, I need to get more. No, we need to get the word now. God said in these last days, he's going to send a famine across the land. And that famine is not going to be for food or water, but it's going to be for the word of God, the pure word of God. People are going to be scrambling through their Bibles trying to figure out what, what's, where was that scripture. It's not there, okay? There's things that I've read in some of these Bibles and come across as I grew in the Lord. And I said, where does it say the Lord works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform? It doesn't. Where does it say rapture in the Bible? It doesn't. So you're led off on the left and then you're scrambling trying to figure out where you read that or I know that was a scripture. No, it wasn't. Someone, a Bible teacher somewhere just trying to explain the word or using another version or whatever they were doing led you astray. And that word's not in the Bible and it doesn't have the power that it should have had. Because without the Holy Spirit, the word has no power. Because Jesus is the living word that came down out of heaven. So Father, we thank you that you are the word of God, the living word of God, and we thank you that you are causing us to partake of that word, to understand and to know that word, to live and breathe that word. We thank you that your breath is in our nostrils. We receive it. And there's another, hoo-ha, baba, shende. And saints, just know you've got to believe to receive and you've got to receive to believe. So if you're not receiving God's word tonight or any other time, you're not receiving it. Oh, well, I just always have liked. Well, you know, let me tell you something. 
When we assemble before the judgment seat of Christ, once we get the paradise realm, we're all excited to go. Oh, we're going to get right in. Well, it says you are sealed unto, the Holy Ghost seals you unto the day of your redemption. What does that mean? We'll be at the door and the Lord will be separating the sheep from the goats. The sheep will go on his right side, the goats on the left. The sheep are the ones that just say, bah, bah. they just accept God's word and they want more. They want to eat more. They want to drink more of it. And sometimes we wander close to the edge and the Lord watches us. That's where that, that rod and that staff, that, that staff goes around your neck and pulls you back from the edge where you've wandered over. Because sheep are so dumb, they'll just keep their nose to the ground and keep feeding. And that's where some of you have been. We've been dumb in that we just keep eating. We, the, it sounds good to us. It excites us. But it's not the pure word or it's not word that we need. So God pulls us back from that, gets us in line with him, and gets us on the right path. So Father, we thank you for ordering our steps in your word. You said you would make our feet. We pray that you would make our feet like hind's feet and take us upon our high places. The thing about hind's feet, the deer, the, those type of deer, the hinds, is that when they leap on those rocks and their front hooves go, and as they push to leap on the next place, their hind feet go right exactly into the same footsteps or the same pattern or place where their front feet were. That's just the amazing thing about those hind feet. So make our feet like hind feet, Lord, so we can stay on the correct and right path and not slip or go off in another direction or be led astray or be distracted in this hour, but keep our eyes focused on you. I leave you with this word, saints. The Lord said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Isaiah 26, 3. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you next time. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah.